0: I needed a Jedi who was an older Jedi that had left the Order, who was very good. I decided to go with a more elegant, sophisticated kind of person, reminiscent of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi as an older man.
1: I play a character called Count Dooku, a battle-scarred Jedi. He's obviously a man of immense power, mental power and physical power.
0: This is actually the beginning of the Clone Wars, so there's a lot of intense action sequences in this film
1: i will create a grand army of the republic to counter the increasing threats of the separatists what more can an actor want in terms of being in a story which is immortalized in the eyes of millions of people It's very rewarding very enthralling and it's magic i sense count Duku. Duku. i sense a trap next move spring the trap
2: Welcome to episode number 132 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And it's Gabe. And yeah, you know, later we are going to be talking about the Count, the great Count of,
3: of Soriano. Soreno? Sorrento? Sargento Cheese. The Count of Sargento. The million billionaire cheese fortune.
2: The one and only Count Poison. Count Dooku. <laughs> We're going Dooku crazy. This is episode number 130, Dooku. <laughs> <laughs> We're cuckoo for 32-ku. As much as we would just love to talk about Count Dooku for the entire episode, there's some stuff going on. You may have heard about it. San Diego Comic-Con, they started out Thursday morning with the bombshell announcement. The Clone Wars, it's back.
1: Aww, Proud of the Dark Side has fallen. Begun. The Clone War has.
3: thought you'd never see it again, but what did our heart tell us? Yes, we did see it again.
2: It's so crazy. So unless you've been under a rock or you, as soon as they announce it, if you fell over and hit your head and you're just now waking up when this episode has come out, there's going to be 12 new episodes. They're going to go straight to the Disney streaming service whenever that comes out. So, if you were on the fence on whether or not you were going to actually do that, that decision's been just been made for you. Well,
3: they're giving you they're giving you some time to basically put money aside, so you can at least get a few months in, get through the Clone Wars before you run out of cash.
2: And it's it's twelve new Clone Wars episodes, and they showed like a trailer. The name's Rex,
1: but you'll call me Captain or Sir War does not come with a guarantee no soldier gets the promise of safety my designation is trooper 27-5555 sir we call him fives i'm heavy this is echo i'm commander cody your new boss
0: sir yes sir
1: looks like we got ourselves a batch of shinies commander look around we're one of the same same heart same blood your training is in your blood my blood's boiling for a fight. So I have any idea with us? Our war. This can't be good. We need to pull back. get out the we If
0: we can small. draw them out, we can see them. If we can see them, we can hit them.
3: Yeah, did you, when you watched the trailer the first time, how long did it take you before you realized what was happening?
2: Until I realized it was new, <laughs> or what do you mean?
3: <laughs> or just anything? Because when I first started watching, I was like, "Oh, cool! Okay, some Clone Wars stuff." And then I was like, "Oh, I wonder if this is a new game or something." And then when they had all the helmets and everything, I was like, "Oh, I wonder what is this like a new Clone Wars thing?" And I think it wasn't until the end when everyone showed up that I was like, "Holy cow! They're just actually going to make new episodes." Well, yeah. At first, when when I first watched the the trailer, I was just
2: like, "Wait." is this like just old footage they show like all the the republic cruisers and stuff when i saw clone wars style revenge of the sith style obi-wan and a really revenge of the sith looking clone Wars style anakin then i was just like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: all right rex what's so important that you brought us all the way back here
2: Well Master. It's been a while.
3: Well, and they kind of even set it up before that, which I missed until like the third time watching it, Richie pointed it out. They kind of tease it in the helmets because they show all the helmets from the show and then all of a sudden they turn it into episode three helmets. Oh, I see. I didn't
2: even pick up on that either.
3: <laughs> I know. I was too busy like hyperventilating.
2: <laughs> it's it's like still unreal
3: yeah yeah the
2: siege of mandalore and like i didn't even pick up on it until hours later like the poster that was at san diego that's a clone trooper helmet with the ahsoka oh yeah paint on it yeah i didn't even pick up on that at first now because it's just it's so crazy and then i was like oh yeah like ahsoka's there with like some mandalorian person like
3: isn't that um bo katan Oh, probably right. Probably right. All the old friends are there.
2: I mean, the characters that at the end of the Clone Wars were kind of left hanging, that Filoni could now be like going through and just cleaning up. Like, we could get more Cad Bane,
3: Boba Fett. Oh, yeah. I just want to see Grievous one more time. Oh, to say goodbye. I think that's going to, uh, we'll see if they give more details. But yeah, I think that's what's going to be driving people nuts is like, we know that they have a bunch of the animatic episodes that are pretty much ready to go. So I would think that they're going to do all of those. But does that mean they're not going to do stuff we haven't seen before? Or are they going to do the stuff that was already in the comics or in the books, like the Darth Maul story or the story with um, Ventress? Who, I don't know. What are they going to do? Part of me was thinking maybe, maybe... <laughs> Maybe our dream will come true and they will, in addition to these episodes, like once they're on the streaming app, they could just do little standalone Clone Wars movies because most of the Clone Wars stories were three or four episodes long anyway. So the shows were always 20 minutes before, but now that it's not a TV show and it's straight to streaming, are they going to keep the 20 minute format? Or are they going to just make, you know, is one episode going to actually be four regular Clone Wars episodes long? Like, are they going to be hour long episodes? We don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Like, just because it's 12 episodes
2: doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be, like, 22 minutes or whatever it was when it was on Cartoon Network. Oh. I don't know. Are we going to see young Caleb Doom? If they get into Darth Maul, could, like, Dryden Voss show up, maybe? Could they be working with uh, Crimson Dawn stuff at this
3: point? You know, if they do new stuff, if they're not just doing the old stuff— if Rebels was any indication, maybe they will end up on Corellia and we'll see Lady Proxima in animated form. I was thinking, too, like
2: with it going after the end of season six, the the lost missions, like with Yoda knowing what he knows, with all, of, all of Yoda's experiences in on Moraband. How is that going to work
3: into all of this? Like, yeah, maybe there'll be more Qui-Gon. Some more Qui Gon voice. Yeah, I don't know. It's madness.
2: Anakin and uh, Padme probably won't be able to really see each other because, like in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, you know, you get the sense that they haven't been together in a really long time. that he'd never get back from the Outer Ridge or Outer Rim sieges. You know, right? I don't know. It's just it's so crazy that they're actually going to go right into Revenge
3: of the Sith now with Clone Wars. At the least, we'll get the end of what they were planning, and if. We're lucky, maybe we'll get more. It's kinda like I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, they're gonna need stuff for the the Disney app and it seems like if they're they've been working towards having multiple animated things going on at once. Like that was kind of the whole reason they I'm sure promoted Filoni up to being just like overall animation guy instead of just being on one show at a time. I think it makes
2: sense why when the uh the cast and crew announcement for resistance came out. How people were like, oh, Filoni isn't like what was his role on Rebels and Clone Wars? It was like supervising director or something. He didn't have that role on Resistance. People were like, oh, Filoni, you know, stepping back, but dude's busy. He's really busy. He's wearing multiple cowboy hats these days.
3: He's wearing cowboy hats and fake beards. <laughs> it was it was a crazy day. It's a day I'll never forget. It was like as crazy I think as when Disney bought Star Wars. To me, I think just shocking.
2: Like, what, is, what does this mean?
3: No, that's not real. Wait, no.
2: What? You're gonna make seven, eight, nine? You got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be space horses and fish nuns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know what I was thinking, though? Celebration Chicago is going to be bonkers. Because, you know, by the time Celebration Chicago rolls around, they're going to have some stuff ready to show people. And there's going to be... A panel about this new Clone Wars that's going to be... Okay, here we go. We're rolling
3: hard for you guys. You're right. There's going to be Clone Wars stuff. There's going to be Resistance stuff.
2: Episode 9. TV show. That's why it's five days. They knew.
3: Yeah, Saturday, everyone thinks it's going to be the big day. But really, it's just going to be like, lay down, eat a cookie, (laughs) breathe some oxygen, ready... Get ready for the rest of the show.
2: <laughs> it's going to be nap time. Okay, everybody. It's going to dim the lights. at celebration. Everybody can just take a little rest. Yep. Grab a blanket. Get on your cot. Get ready for that. It's going to
1: 2019.
3: <sighs> yeah. Don't be surprised to hear uh, us ranting about Clone Wars for the next <laughs> six to nine to 12 months.
2: I think if we, if somehow we make it in to the uh, Celebration Chicago Colmore's panel, that'll be the end. Because you'll hear on the news, naked person arrested at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Yeah. And we'll be on the news like, my my clothes burst in the flames. So it's just like a black t-shirt in shreds on our shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> And if that wasn't enough Colmore stuff, uh, our friend Michelle from Chicago was there. She was in the audience. She started waiting to get into the Colmore's panel at like 1 a.m. the night before or something. She does it the right way. But she recorded for us her live reaction from the floor of San Diego Comic-Con of having just seen the Colmore's panel And let's listen to that right now.
0: Hi, Blast Points. This is Michelle from Chicagoland. I hope this is picking up okay. I'm literally in the middle of the San Diego Convention Center at Comic-Con. But I wanted to put down my thoughts while they were pseudo-fresh regarding the Clone Wars 10th Anniversary panel. I got up at 4.30 this morning. I got in line at about 5.30 this morning because I was taking no chances of not getting into that panel. And um, as a result, I was dead smack center front row, which was amazing considering what happened. But... um, the, the rest of the panel was great. Um, I'll get to the, the insane stuff in a second, but the rest of the panel was really great. Dave Filoni brought um, a lot of sketches that were from storylines and characters that didn't make it into the series, but um, he said that they you know, they weren't in any archives anywhere. They were just in some rando binder in someone's office, I think. I forget whose office he said he found it in. But anyway, that was great. I tried to take some pictures, but... I kind of, I hate to humble brag, I was a little too close to get good pictures of the screens with the graphics on them. But um, let's just jump to the the insanity. I, my, a couple of my friends had mentioned something like, I heard this rumor that Clone Wars is coming back, and I'm like, I, I, I didn't even consider it, honestly. I, I swept it aside like, that's, in, that's nuts, that's never going to happen. And, um, at the very last part of the panel, of course, they're like, Dave has something to say. <laughs> and Dave paused quite a bit. And, you know, nervous laughter, because why is he having trouble finding words? And then um, I don't even know what he said, but then they played the trailer. And I honestly didn't know what. It was I, I I honestly I would not let my brain go to the Clone Wars that's coming back that I, I wouldn't let my brain go there because it's an impossibility, I would have thought, so I thought it was maybe just like, you know, maybe we're getting a 15 minute little something something, and as I'm sitting there watching it, I just it started to dawn on me, oh my god it this 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 is a trailer it's it's coming back and i looked and i still my brain wasn't processing i was a little um compromised i guess <laughs> kind of crying and having heart palpitations and shaking and I'm looking around at the people around me but not wanting to take my eyes off the screen but not wanting to stop watching Ashley Eckstein who was openly weeping and it just I'm like it's coming back. She she's openly weeping about it. I I don't know how to process it still. It's been a few hours. I'm still kind of in disbelief. I was just kind of wandering the show floor um, aimlessly, randomly tearing up, thinking about it. And, and I'm finally now, I think I'm, I'm starting to process it. And I can't wait to talk to my son because this is his maybe his favorite Star Wars of all time is the Clone Wars. It was, it was his sweet spot when it came out. I think it was about eight. So um, sadly, I wish he was with me to have experienced that. It was kind of like a little mini celebration and the room was electric. And I'm so blessed that I got to be in that room. Um, anyway, I better go. Hopefully this isn't really annoying sound quality and I'm looking forward to your next episode or your last episode, which I uploaded for my flight home. So take care guys. Thanks. Bye.
2: All right. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah.
3: Thanks Michelle. I can't even imagine being there (laughs) as much as, as intense as it was just to see the video at work. It's like, I can't imagine being there for Clone Wars to come back.
2: Honestly, because I was thinking that too. Because like we have been, we were at you know the Force Awakens panel in Anaheim, and we were at the Last Jedi panel in Orlando. But we knew we were getting trailers, and we kind of knew what to kind of expect. At least we were going to get something. This is like M Night Shyamalan was
3: directing that panel. the twist! Yeah, well, it's it's almost like the uh, it's closer to the 40th anniversary, where it's like, holy cow, it's John Williams! Holy cow, it's Clone Wars, and it's back.
2: I guess that's comparable where, yeah, I kind of walked out of the 40th anniversary. I, I've said this before. Honestly, I don't remember walking out of the 40th anniversary panel. I don't. I don't. Re- um, the rest of that day is kind of spotty.
3: It's because no one walked out of there. Everyone just slithered out like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Their legs had just completely <laughs> given up on them.
2: It's true. It's true.
3: I know. It's such a shame that that Star Wars is dying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody... Nobody likes it anymore.
1: Star Wars The Clone Wars the Droid Army has launched a full scale attack, but clone reinforcements have just arrived. It's the massive all terrain tactical enforcer. The
2: ATTE has enough firepower to take down the Droid Army with projectile launchers, a main blaster cannon, and room enough to carry an entire squad of clone troopers
1: into battle. Move out, let's go! The Droid Army doesn't stand a chance with the ATTE. ATTE comes with one figure, other figures sold separately, batteries not included.
2: So right before the news of Clone Wars coming back, there was the announcement that Solo's coming on Blu-ray. And then Clone Wars is announced and everybody stopped talking about Solo on Blu-ray. But Solo coming out on home video is still a very exciting thing. It comes out September 18th, digital, the 25th. You'll be able to get it in stores. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to watching it a lot at home.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited to watch it at home because... It's been a while since I've seen it.
2: It's like we say with every home video release, you know, you got to bring that child home, introduce it to its brothers and sisters, lay out all your other Star Wars Blu-rays and box sets. Have a tea party. This is your family. Meet your brothers and sisters.
3: You move out. We'll take Last Jedi out of the crib and put Solo in the crib, and then Last Jedi gets a seat at the the big boy table.
2: Now you can have conversations with Rogue One, Last Jedi.
3: You're a grown-up now.
2: But there's a ton of bonus stuff on it. Let's run through some of the cool stuff that's going to be on the bonus disc.
3: Well, what there's a director and cast roundtable. So what do they say with uh, Ron Howard and the stars? Intimate and entertaining discussion of the film's making.
2: Could be interesting. It could be fluffy. I mean, it's no director in the Jedi or the beginning or from puppets to pixels or films are not released. They escape. But then what is, you know?
3: Well, and I guess if you compare this to Rogue One, it seems... Similar to the Rogue One style of features, but maybe more than we had in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary called Team Chewy, this lighthearted
2: look behind the scenes, probably making Chewbacca.
3: I wonder if they ever thought about doing like a really deep, serious look behind the scenes, or and they were like, no, 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 we have to switch this to a lighthearted look. Serious Chewy was too much. <laughs> <laughs> a hard hitting expose on the
2: struggles of making Chewbacca just right. Kazden on Kazdan. Which is my my favorite Dustin Hoffman film from the early eighties? Iconic Star Wars screenwriter screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan and son Jonathan share what it's like to write the movie script together. Man, it'd be great if they just talk at once and they just overdub both of their voices, so it's just like this. Like <laughs>
3: they just have one of them in each speaker. It's in stereo, <laughs> or or Jonathan is actually on Lawrence's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so it literally is Kazden on Kazden. You're hurting me. Yeah. Well, maybe that's how they wrote the movie. I wouldn't be
2: surprised. Remaking the Millennium Falcon, track the transformation of the most famous ship in the galaxy. Which, you know, I'm interested in because, like, I, for some reason, I didn't realize this until, like, maybe a month ago that the Falcon used in Solo is the same Falcon from the other movies. And they just took, like, the skeleton and redressed it and landified it up.
3: Yeah, I didn't think about that either, right? That basically all the sequel, all the Disney movies have used the same Falcon interiors. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So it's almost like Mala's face, right? <laughs> it's like J.J. <laughs> needs it back. He's going to get it back and it's going to look like Lando's version. And he's going to be like, oh, there's <laughs> a note from Stan Winston. Sorry. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Escape from Corellia. Get behind the wheel for the making of a high octane chase through the streets of Corellia. I'm kind of excited about that because that's still my favorite part of the whole movie.
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, especially since I think just to see legit behind the scenes from all the bootleg behind the scenes we saw from that. Since that was like the really first look at Solo. So and yeah, it's one of the best parts of the movie, too. It makes me wonder if there's going to be are we going to see glimpses of Lord Miller wandering around. Or are they going to have like their faces blurred out? <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder who those blurry face people are. Just
2: really awkward edits. We did movie with Solo Star Wars train heist good no
1: mr simpson don't take your anger out on me
2: get back get back
3: mr simpson no dramatization may not have happened they'll put the cg tarkin face over them it's like oh my god
2: tarkin was the director for a while
3: yeah and then know what's next the train heist so same sort of thing explore the challenges and thrills of creating this action-packed sequence i hope there's a 20 minute just about the viper droids they interview the viper droids like
2: why would this is your big moment what do you think
3: maybe it'll be like the uh father chase and there'll be like a 30 minute animatic version of it just nothing but viper droids well there's an extra 10 minutes of viper droids and an extra 10 minutes of Entus nest just driving in circles around the train
2: i'm getting annoyed two more times her earbuds keep falling out my pumped up music i need it <laughs> uh, becoming a droid l337 meet the newest droid and the talented actor who brings her to life yeah, that'll be cool
3: yeah I mean, even if they show a bunch of the green screen stuff, because that is still one of the cooler effects, I think, in Solo, is just how they did, uh, how they were able to at least keep some of the actual costume on her.
2: I, I'd, I'd be curious to see like a lot of the scenes as they are in the movie, but with Phoebe Waller-Bridge in the suit and compare back and forth how much did they take from her movements, you know?
3: If the Disney streaming service wants to get more people... To buy stuff, they need to just show all the Star Wars movies in blue screen form, just for me.
2: <laughs> Wasn't that always the rumor that like when there were rumors about like Phantom Menace is gonna come out on Blu-ray or something that you're gonna be able to watch like the prequels with just the green screen version or something?
3: I've been wishing for that all my life. <laughs> it's like that little clip they released of the uh from Attack of the Clones with Kiati Mundi, and like it's just all blue screen, and they actually did that for when 300 came out on HD DVD, <laughs> which i don't know if this was on the blu-ray also they had the whole movie as green screen you could only watch it in like picture in the picture in the corner but it was pretty cool you could watch the whole movie without any effects just the raw green screen stuff and it kind of makes me sad that more movies haven't done that i guess most people don't have the patience i guess to sit through that but
2: it's it's a niche market if you will Next one, Scoundrels, Droids, and Creatures. Welcome to Fort Ipso. Take an in-depth tour of the Rough and Tumble Bar where strangers and gamblers risk in a legendary card game sabak. Well, that'd be cool. We'll get droids and creatures and, you know, the the gambling spot.
3: I wonder if that'll end up like the uh, extra CantoBite footage on the last (laughs) Jedi disc, which if it's half as good as that, that's fine. I'll take five minutes of just looking at the creatures walking around.
2: A half hour of just the raw droid fighting. With Clint Howard. He's never had it so good.
3: Every take of that line.
2: He's never had it so good. He's never had it so good. Just ten more takes and we'll be done. Uh, into the maelstrom, the castle Run. Join Han and Chewie at the Controls of Moon Falcon to see how this legendary moment in Star Wars history unfolds. Yeah. 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 And then we got some deleted scenes. And the first one, you might have to just watch it and then eject your Blu-ray out of the player and just go walk around outside. (laughs) Write a letter to your Blu-ray disc and be like, I don't know, Proxima's Den. Please, please let us get some more Lady Proxima. Please.
3: Please don't just be her den and not have her in it.
2: We need more Lady Proxima.
3: If they really loved us, they would have had commentary by Lady Proxima. Because <laughs> we don't, we're not getting Ron Howard commentary. Okay, that's fine. But where's Lady Proxima commentary?
2: This movie is confusing.
3: <laughs> and every once in a while, she just has to go back underwater.
2: I gotta take a break. That <laughs> just gurgling for a few minutes. Then <laughs> she comes back up. What did I miss? Looks like nothing. <laughs> Uh, okay,
3: next one, Corellian Foot chase. A little more Corellia action. So what is the next one? Hansel Imperial Cadet. Is that going to be the TIE Fighter pilot stuff, maybe? Yeah, that could be the Tag and Bank part that was cut out. Right, because they did say that was going to be on the Blu-ray, I think, right? So that'll be cool. Extended Battle of Mimbin. Maybe we'll actually get to see some of the Mimbinese. Oh, I hope so. Oh, did they film any of the stuff with the Wookiees fighting on Mimbin? I hope not. <laughs> That's, they haven't said anything yet. still
2: dealing with Sagwa, so I still take 10 minutes out of every day just to think about Sagwa.
3: Well, and then when you're done thinking about Sagwa, you, you can think about the blonde Wookiee on that sticker.
2: Next one, Han versus Chewie extended. Maybe that was a little longer at one time. And then next one, snowball fight with an exclamation point.
3: And we've seen a little bit of that from uh, like the – the commercial, right? little them on, was it on Vandor? that's
2: walking, throwing snowballs at each other. It's a little taste. Ooh, and the next one, Meat Dryden
3: Extended. I bet you he eats more food.
2: Let's eat a little, drink a lot. More fish, anyone?
3: <laughs> it's him sitting at a buffet for, for 15 minutes.
2: He eats all the food at the buffet and then looks like I'm out of options.
3: <laughs> next one. Coaxium double cross. Ooh. I wonder what that is. Unless it's just an extended version of the end scene. It's weird. There's no deleted scenes from Kessel. There's no droids, creatures of Kessel thing either.
2: Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Or meet the Cloudrider gang would be cool.
3: Yeah. And there's also no Cloudrider or Enfus Nest stuff, which seems a little odd. Just a 45 minute documentary on two tubes. Yeah, everybody wants to know which two tubes is it. Nobody knows. It's like the toy. They've only made one two tubes toy. So that's like they're trying to pretend there was only ever one two tubes. But we all know there were two tubes. (laughs) It wasn't because he had two (laughs) tubes. It's because there were two of them. They're egg mates.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to get Solo on Blu-ray, bring it home, watch it all the time, have it on in the background because it just something about that just seems right. And I played Last Jedi about... Seventy-five thousand times and i'm ready i'm ready for something else for
3: background give last jedi a break yeah (laughs) but that's i think we've said it before it's like it it doesn't as real as it is to get a new star wars movie in the theater it doesn't really feel real until you get it at home you've seen all of them hundreds of times at home as opposed to dozens of times at the theater so there's just something final about getting to see it at home gotta get the baby room ready get the changing table (laughs) get the solo crib out yeah for the changing table will be for you once you see Lady Proxima on the big screen at home when you can just hit replay for that chapter over and over again until your family leaves
1: Han Solo Han Solo Han
0: Solo Han Solo Han
1: Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo Han Solo electronic lightsabers which side will you choose the side of anakin skywalker or the dark side of darth Tyrannus? with clashing sounds and light-up blades the force is in your hands with star wars electronic lightsabers each sold separately
2: So one character we're probably bound to see when the Clone Wars comes back is the mysterious Count Dooku.
3: Who, after all these years, is still only known by one name. He's that cool. He's like Prince. He's the Beyonce of Star Wars. We know very little about him, but he's very cool and he only has one name. He's the Count of Sargento and he goes by Dooku.
2: Ever since Dooku was announced... I have always been fascinated, intrigued, and when I think too much about Dooku, which is too often, completely confused by Dooku. Yeah. Cuz he really he's one of the most enigmatic
3: characters in all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, he's a mystery cuz he's a bad guy. Is he really a bad guy? He used to be a Jedi. I always like to think of him as a, he's like the evil twin of old Obi-Wan. <laughs> He's like Obi-Wan's future if he goes evil as opposed to future good Obi-Wan. It's like
2: I've always loved that he's just like this creepy old guy with a fascinating backstory that's only hinted at. Like if you didn't, if you went into Tech the Clones completely dry and weren't buying Count Dooku action figures before the movie came out or something, and you were sitting in the movie theater and all of a sudden you got. Natalie Portman and Sam Jackson talking about Count, this some guy, Count Dooku, and he used to be a Jedi. Count Dooku couldn't kill anybody. You'd be like wait a minute, who the heck are we talking about here? Who? What? What did he do? (laughs) Who did he do?
3: Yeah, I think about that a lot, though, just how I wish I could erase my memory and watch Attack of the Clones again, not already knowing too much about Dooku before the movie started, (laughs) because it is kind of like that's like the big twist of Attack of the Clones is like, who is Dooku? And then you meet Dooku and you hear him talking about Sidious and all that, and you don't realize really that he's... The Apprentice until the last scene. Like, that's the whole big stinger at the end. It's like, oh, crap. He's with Darsidius.
2: He's that man called Tyrannus. Yeah. Attack of the Clones as much as we love and embrace that movie every single day, which I do. I, I pick up my Blu-ray and my my old DVD and my VHS of it, and I give it a hug every day. just because Attack of the Clones needs the love. But we're crazy about Attack of the Clones, but it's it's still a confusing movie, even after they explained it in Clone Wars, because you got people talking about there's Sidious, there's seifo there's Tyrannus. There's Duku. I don't even know if it still makes sense. We did a whole episode about Order sixty six, where we tried to figure it out, and I think our conclusion after that was it still didn't make sense.
3: You just have to. It's feel, don't think. That's what Qui Gon was telling you in Phantom Menace. He said, like, "You think this one's crazy? Get ready for the next one. <laughs> Concentrate on the moment." But yeah, Duku as a character, I don't know. I've I've always been. He's been my one of my favorites since he burst onto the scene in two thousand two. He's like. Really awesome and really goofy. I think it's just like the perfect mix of just like this super-powered old man with a cape.
2: I even forgot that I had a surprisingly large collection of Dooku stuff. And it's not even like I have a whole lot of Star Wars stuff. I mean, I have a little bit, but I got some. But I was like, man, look at that. I've got... Why do I have all that Dooku stuff? Why do I have four Dooku figures and a Dooku Unleashed? And I've got the Dooku 12-inch...
3: Yeah, I looked, went through my uh, box of toys not too long ago, and I was like, man, just kept pulling out Dooku's. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Dooku backpack, a Dooku beach towel, <laughs> a Dooku coffee mug, chain, or a, a bank. But, you know, he was, the, he was like the face of Attack of the Clones. In a way, well, he was introduced as the new Sith Lord. They
2: needed a new Sith Lord for the movie because you couldn't have Darth Sidious out there fighting yet. That had you had to save that. So early on in the production for Attack of the Clones, they had Ian McKeag and Derma Power just going nuts. I think their instruction was just like make a new
3: Sith. Didn't they have like the little kid with psychic powers? Like, wasn't that? Didn't that come out of the Dooku stuff?
2: I think that was a concept for Grievous. There was, like, for Dooku, there was stuff that eventually turned into Ventress. The Jedi sisters with the Medusa hair that were in Clone Wars, that was a version of Dooku. I know Ian McKaig was really big on the idea of an evil female Jedi. There was, like, cyborg people that one of them in the art of Attack of the Clones ends up kind of looking kind of Enfys nest with a bunch of feathers on her head.
3: I just like at one point, doesn't Lucas just say, no, we're going to have Christopher Lee. So he's going to look like Christopher Lee. And they basically... (laughs) all of those designs are out the window.
2: Yeah, eventually it's like, it's going to be like a distinguished gentleman. I just watched that Eddie Murphy movie. It was really funny. So now you got going to have a distinguished gentleman. And eventually it turned into like an ex-Jedi character, which I'm glad it just wasn't like Darth Maul version two.
3: Well, what's cool is it, and it made me, you know, thinking back to this of uh, Crazy Rick McCollum and he would just basically tell you nonsense, but there was always a little bit of truth in his nonsense. And I can't remember if it was at the Phantom Menace no, it would have been at the Attack of the Clones celebration where he was basically saying how as you go through the three movies, you see bits and pieces of Darth Vader. Maul was kind of like the rage and just dark side rage of Vader. And Dooku was like the it's like the leader leadership style of Vader kind of thing. He's got the cape and he's you know, he's like he's the boss. And then with Grievous, you get the the cyborg part. But the Dooku Anakin relationship is interesting, too, because Dooku
2: left the Jedi Order and became a Sith Lord, but he didn't do it like, what have I done? What have I? You know, it wasn't, I just saved my mother. It wasn't all that stuff. It was just kind of like, I want to leave, which is still all kind of strange and weird with the timeline, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But the fact that in the Clone Wars cartoon that Dooku and Anakin fought each other about 400 times... And Dooku always got away. It was kind of interesting how they kept facing each other over and over and over again.
3: But it's cool that it's, it's like Dooku is the future, is Anakin's future in a way that I guess people can, people do leave the Jedi Order and Jedis can turn bad. And like Anakin's grandson,
2: because Ben was, you know, training to be a Jedi. But he went a little bit more grandfather with it and burned the whole place down.
3: Well, and also, Dooku's interesting because ultimately he was just a pawn of Palpatine, too. And like, it seems like he kind of maybe left the Jedi Order somewhat with noble intentions. Like, he was frustrated with the corruption, he wasn't happy with the council. Then Kagan gets killed and he's like, I'm out, done. And it, I don't know, I always get the feeling that he wanted he kind of got into the dark side more for just about knowledge more than just like pure power like he wanted to learn all the secrets that the jedi wouldn't tell you but in the end palpatine you know palpatine probably knew he was old and not as good as maybe maul would have been if he didn't die and that he was always kind of just there to basically hold him over until he could get anakin so you kind of feel bad for him when uh, in revenge of the sith when He's got his little sad face where he's like, oh, no, I didn't even think about that.
2: <laughs> Originally in Sith, there's the thing that Dooku was to survive into halfway through the movie, kind of to the point where Sidious kills Mace Windu. Originally, it was the death of Dooku that was going to put Anakin over the edge instead of Mace. I was always kind of in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, and before Revenge of the Sith came out, I was always like, man, what's Dooku going to do in this one? But I guess that's really very kind of Star Wars, where they just show up and get killed right away.
3: No, I I spent many a night trying to figure out what Dooku was. Man, I can't wait to see all the Dooku action (laughs) in Revenge (laughs) of the Sith. And I will say, I was as cool as it was when him dying so early. I was like, man, it makes sense, but... I could have used another hour of Dooku. But we got the Clone Wars and we got a whole lot more Dooku.
2: So I've always thought that there is one scene in particular which you can go through and dissect it where it is very clear-cut all the mysteries of Dooku are all contained in this one scene. And that's one of my favorite scenes in all the Attack of the Clones, Dooku interrogating Obi-Wan, when Obi-Wan is hovering around in a circle in that blue force field, and Dooku's just giving him the business.
3: Before we get into it, I gotta say that the scene, the, like, establishing shot before that scene, where Dooku just, like, walks into the door, and the Geonosians are kind of flapping around that's one of those this is star wars to me scenes where it's like it totally looks like bed knobs and broomsticks which if you haven't seen it is an old disney movie where real people are in front of animated backgrounds every time i see that shot it just makes me think of that because it's so kind of fake looking but not fake looking and that's attack of the (laughs) clones to me
2: dick van dyke is going to come out tap dancing with a penguin at any moment
3: i I wait for it every time (laughs) <laughs> They're going to go underwater and see the fish band.
1: It's lovely bobbing along, bobbing along on the bottom of the beautiful briny sea.
2: Dooku walks in right away, and I love Obi-Wan. Traitor. <laughs> Traitor. So angry. So angry, hun Dooku. Oh, no, no, no,
1: my friend, it's a a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far, this is madness. May I ask why a Jedi knight He's all the way out here on Geonosis. I've been tracking a bounty hunter named Jango Fett. Do you know him? There are no bounty hunters here that I'm aware of. The Geonosians don't trust them. Straight up lying.
3: Jango Fett is there. Yeah, that's how he got there. He followed him. So technically, maybe Dooku didn't see him land, so he doesn't know he's there yet. But then
2: maybe later, Dooku saw him there and he's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I told Kenobi you weren't here.
3: That was in the uh, one of the deleted scenes, I'm sure.
2: But then, you know, that goes the whole thing with Sith and lies.
3: Well, they start, they give you the lies, but then they mix in, they start telling you exactly what's happening, and then you don't know what to believe.
2: First, Dooku tries to get in Kenobi's sweet spot by bringing up the QGJ, the Qui-Gon
1: Jin. It's a great pity that our paths have never crossed before, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon always spoke very highly of you. I wish she were still alive. I could use his help right now.
2: That's something that I think that's part of my fascination with Dooku is I've always loved Qui-Gon Jinn so much and... Dooku was Qui-Gon Jinn's master. He's, he's OG Qui-Gon. So how much of Qui-Gon's rebellious, free-thinking nature comes from Dooku? What was Dooku like when he was a Jedi and was just going out there with young Qui-Gon?
3: It's true. That's the show I want to see. I think about that at least once a day dooku and young qui-gon
2: qui-gon's whole not obeying the council just doing whatever doing whatever the heck he wants how much of that came from dooku and and then i started going really crazy thinking about qui-gon of course discovered the secret of life after death but he never got to finish it and qui-gon knew all about the force wills or whatever the heck was going on over there and how much of that did dooku know about
3: Well, it's like I was saying, I feel like Dooku started out as a good Jedi and maybe like Qui-Gon, you know, following the will of the force, not the council. His quest to learn more about the force kind of led him down the path of the dark side more so than a quest for. He didn't want to necessarily be, be the boss and kill everybody. He just wanted to know all the secrets. So it kind of makes sense that kind of quest for that knowledge would be passed down to Qui-Gon. When
2: he's facing off against Yoda, like, I've become more powerful than any Jedi, even you. And it's very similar to what Anakin says earlier in the movie. He's like, one day I'll be the most powerful Jedi ever. Both of them seeking this ultimate power doesn't go really good for either
3: of them, really. But Dooku's interesting, too, because he never, he never seems to be angry. He's no Kennedy. <laughs> but compared to, you know, Maul, who's angry all the time. Palpatine, you see him get mad, but Dooku's always cool and composed. Kylo Ren, Snoke, those guys are pissed off all the time. I guess maybe Dooku and Snoke are more alike, because Snoke keeps it pretty cool. He doesn't really get, he's never, he's not all sweaty and and yelling. I I do like when when Snoke gets upset, like,
2: A girl who never held a lightsaber! I was like, ooh, Snoke.
3: But it's, I don't know, he just, he never has that, like, Sith rage. Yeah, that's true. Angry Vader, or, you know, when Luke... Goes nuts in Return of the Jedi. Like I, you never see Dooku do that.
2: He would mess up his hair. You know, Dooku's too cool.
3: If, actually, I was thinking with even with the way his lightsaber styles, like Dooku's like the Steven Seagal of Jedi. <laughs>
2: Maybe if this new Clone Wars is a hit, Filoni could just go nuts and just make a whole series of specials. Dooku is above the law. Dooku is marked for death. Yeah. Dooku is out for justice. And they're just Dooku adventures. Yeah. Dooku's a cook on a spaceship. He gets taken over by space pirates. I don't
3: want to fight these people, but I guess I have to. I have been trained. Maybe that's when he was a Jedi. He was basically, when before he went gray, he was just Steven Seagal with a lightsaber.
1: I'm going to keep coming back until somebody remembers seeing Richie. Well,
2: and then we learned that Dooku's master was Yoda later in the movie. And then I started thinking about, like, how many apprentices or pseudo-apprentices did Dooku have? There was Ventress. He trained Grievous. Savage oppressed. You know, there was the weird relationship, like we were saying, with Dooku and Anakin. There's Dooku and Sidious. And when Dooku started flirting with the dark side, how much did Sidious even train him? And then you think about the timeline that so shortly after Phantom Menace, Dooku left the Jedi Order. And then how, how, like, how in the world did he ever even find Palpatine, aka Sidious?
3: Did he just, like, call him up and be like, hey, dude, come over to my place? Probably. He's like, hey my apprentice is dead i heard you're looking for a job you want to learn some cool tricks i can shoot lightning out of my hand he's like i don't know how to do that
2: (laughs) that sounds kind of cool
3: yeah let's let's do it because that was the one of the coolest things with dooku is at the time he was the first other person in star wars we've ever we ever saw do force lightning that's true because Vader could never do it. Maul didn't do it. I and mean, Dooku, a, I guess another—if you didn't actually see anything in Attack of the Clones before Attack of the Clones, like that's another holy crap moment.
2: At Celebration 2, when they showed the Yoda Dooku fight and they showed Dooku shoot lightning out of his hands, that we, we'd freak out just at that. Like, oh my god! I don't think that's sort a of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Dooku's incredible. <laughs> do it, Dooku. Do it. So Dooku goes on talking about how Qui Gon was his apprentice. And that Qui Gon knew all
1: about the corruption in the Senate. Don't be so sure, my young Jedi. You forget that he was once my apprentice, just as you were once his. He knew all about the corruption in the Senate, but he would never have gone along with it if he had learned the truth as I have. The truth? The truth. So backing up,
2: is Dooku lying, or if Dooku's talking about the corruption in the Senate, is he implying there that Qui-Gon knew that a Sith Lord was in control?
3: What he's saying is basically Qui-Gon knew that the Senators were... Because the corruption in the Senate happened before Sidious took control. Like, that's how he knew he could take control, because he knew the Senators were... They were easy to manipulate because they were all corrupt and power-hungry and money-hungry. Qui-Gon probably knew that. That's why he didn't know the truth that they were being manipulated by a sith lord i just imagine it's like thursday at the temple and like qui-gon and dooku just meet up for coffee like how's it going and they're just talking about the senate there's
2: corruption in the senate to young qui-gon qui-gon's just combing his hair looking in a mirror
3: well for all we know dooku had the same haircut before he was uh he, re- he retired right he could have been rocking the uh the, the sean connery medicine man look What
1: if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of the Dark Lord of the Sith? No, that's not possible. The Jedi would be aware of it. The dark side of the Force has clouded their vision, my friend. Hundreds of senators are now under the influence of a Sith Lord called Darth
2: Sidious. They're really keeping the tradition going where the second movie in each trilogy includes a dark side user... Telling someone a terrible truth. If you think about an empire, you know, Vader, I am your father, this one, him laying out Obi Wan, the the facts. And then last Jedi, you're nothing. They're nobody. Drinking money in pauper's grave. A terrible truth. Something our character doesn't want to hear, but has to hear. And whether they believe it or not is up to them.
3: And then they have to follow it up with the join me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Each one. You must join me, Obi Wan. And together. We will destroy the Sith. But I always think that the Dooku
3: one is interesting to me because Dooku, well, maybe with Last Jedi, it kind of followed that, where when Dooku tries to get Obi-Wan to join him, it always seemed less foreboding maybe than Vader trying to get Luke, where he almost does seem like he has good intentions in a way, but maybe that's part of the, um, the lies part. He's telling the truth, but really he is all about the dark side and he just wants to trick obi-wan which is funny because when vader tries to get luke he sounds more like it's a bad thing but deep down it was probably more sincere that he did actually want to connect with luke again
2: and i think it's the same with kylo ren and ray where i think kylo ren is very sincere at that moment of join me we can do this together kylo ren is even having doubt very much like vader of why am i doing what i'm doing where dooku Maybe that just plays into the mystery of Dooku. Dooku's talking more about like join me, and that's the thing with Dooku. Like when he says join me to Obi Wan, what if Obi Wan would have been like okay? Then what would that have even looked like? Would Anakin and Padme still have gotten caught, and would there still be the Battle of Geonosis? And would Obi Wan just be standing there, and be like, well, I'm working with Dooku now. What about Palpatine? Just like, well, what would have been the other option for Kenobi? Would. Dooku and Kenobi like try and team up and take down Palpatine or something.
3: But I almost wonder because it kind of goes with the whole Dooku's thing of he's he has the most like sub Padawan kind of things like he's always trying to find another apprentice kind of thing. But it almost seems like that was Sidious's kind of truth lie is that he wanted Dooku to find another apprentice, but Dooku thought they would be the three of them, maybe like maybe he didn't know about the rule of two. But Sidious just wanted him to find someone younger and stronger so that he could replace Dooku. Like he was basically, he hired Dooku to find Dooku's replacement, but Dooku didn't realize that.
2: When you got to think, too, Palpatine, Sidious knows all about Anakin at this point. Anakin's probably not on Dooku's radar at all. You get the sense when Dooku is fighting Anakin later in the movie, when Dooku's like, you have anger, but you don't use it. You know, he's kind of like almost impressed by Anakin, like, oh this guy is really cool and kind of good-looking. Yeah, (laughs) There's an interesting part in the script in here that wasn't in the movie, where Dooku's talking about how the Viceroy of the Trade Federation
1: was once in league with this Darth Sidious. But he was betrayed ten years ago by the Dark Lord. He came to me for help.
2: Told me everything, and then in the script, this isn't in the movie. That Jedi Council would not believe him. I tried many times to warn them, but they wouldn't listen to me. Once they sense the Dark Lord's presence, it would be too late. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with this new Clone Wars that got announced. Yoda senses the Dark Lord's presence at the end of the Lost missions. I'm just still really curious with how Yoda is going to be in these new episodes because. You know, Yoda in Revenge of the Sith is very solemn. He's always in the dark. He's like sitting in the dark room the whole movie. He's rubbing his head. He's really, you know.
3: Yeah, he's trying to figure stuff out.
2: I wonder if Yoda would have a, a confrontation with Dooku or anybody in these new Clone wars at all where Anakin and Obi-Wan are out in the Outer Rim if Yoda's in Coruscant or something. And if we do get to the siege of Coruscant where Palpatine is kidnapped, are we going to do that? Is Yoda going to start to be like, oh, here we go.
3: Yeah, there's a lot they could do with that. There's a lot they could do with that. (laughs) What are they going to Dooku?
2: Another super mysterious thing with Dooku's backstory, just like this thing from the script that got cut out of the movie, but it was in the visual dictionary, was the whole Lost 20 thing.
3: Right. That was the other kind of big Dooku mystery was he was one of the Lost 20, which are what the only 20 jedi's that ever left the order so again the whole kind of foreshadowing that jedi's do leave the order from time to time jocasta nu is like rubbing the face of the dooku statue
1: did you call for assistance yes yes i did ah, he has a very powerful face doesn't he he was one of the most brilliant jedi i've had the privilege of knowing i never understood why he quit well one might say he was always a bit out of step with the decisions of the council. Much like your old master, Kwai kahn Really? Oh yes, they were very individual thinkers, idealists. In the end, I think he left because he lost faith in the Republic. He disappeared for nine of ten years and turned up recently as head of the separatist movement. It's very interesting. I'm not sure I completely understand. <laughs> you didn't call me over here for a history lesson are you having a problem master kenobi
3: which i guess that answers the question it's like the last 20 probably all quit because they really wanted a a statue of their face in the library (laughs) It's like all i gotta do is quit and you make me put my face in the library sweet who were those other 19 i mean that's
2: still a big mystery and technically what was anakin number 21 and
3: is kylo ren number 22 would uh, ahsoka would be 21 right oh yeah yeah maybe there is a, a lost 21 story to have but i yeah that was one of the things too before the movie came out i remember reading about that part spending hours thinking about what the lost 20 was gonna do in the movie <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it got cut completely it was like the knights of ren Almost like, what are who are these guys going to be? What are they going to
2: do? That's that, maybe that's why older Star Wars fans don't get upset about the Knights of Ren. We're just like we're used to this. I'm still thinking about the lost twenty.
3: Yeah, I lost twenty days thinking about the lost twenty. I have lost, I've
2: lost twenty years. <laughs> this Knights of Ren thing. Who I am not losing sleep over that stuff anymore. Well, Dooku will continue to be a mystery. I think even through these new Clone Wars episodes and who knows, we out of this we could get more Clone Wars books or comics. This could open up a whole new thing and we'll get a whole lot more Dooku,
3: but I don't think the mysteries of Dooku will ever be solved. No, and I think the fact that we've been gifted, maybe, even if it's just one more scene of uh, Clone Wars Dooku, that's more Dooku than I ever thought we would get, so... I'm eternally (laughs) grateful for every little drip of Dooku I can get. I'd like to leave us with a
2: story of Christopher Lee filming the most famous Dooku part of him riding his speeder bike over the sand dunes of Geonosis. This is in Star Wars Insider. So he's filming the scene. Francis Coppola was on the set standing next to George. He was watching them film it against a blue screen with a wind machine blowing the cloak. Christopher Lee says, we shot the scene for quite a long time. I would say about three or four minutes until George said, that's fine. We got it. He stepped down from the bike and Francis Coppola came up to him and said, Christopher, I thought it was all there. The whole character, the whole story. I could read the entire situation on your face. (laughs) Christopher Lee said at this stage, I didn't know if he was joking. And I said, thank you very much, but I didn't change my expression once. And then Francis Coppola gave him a big hug. But
3: that is, that's Dooku right there. It's funny, but it's true. It's like he's like anger without emotion. Like he's a um, he is so emotionless. He's just calm, calculated. He's Dooku. He doesn't have to change his facial expression. It's
1: all there. It's very interesting. I'm not sure I completely understand. in the biggest lightsaber-wielding adventure ever. Star Wars, Episode 2, Yoda, The Man. Available on DVD and VHS. Rated PG.
2: All right, iTunes reviews. We got two this week, which is so awesome. Let's read them. Let's see what people have to say. Our first one is from Griff. 311. Maybe it's Griff 311. I'm down with that. Griff 311 writes Fun Star Wars podcast. Just started listening and really enjoy this podcast. Hosts are funny and don't take themselves too seriously. Do their homework on subjects and are having fun. I like the use of sound clips to emphasize what they are talking about. I'm looking forward to more of this podcast. Well, hey, thanks Griff 311. Yeah, thank you Griff. Looking forward to you looking forward to listening. Does that make sense? It's Dooku. I got Dooku on the brain. I'm talking in riddles.
3: I'm just thinking about him on his speeder right now, so that (laughs) get my composure back here. Here's one from Stuart Butler 10, and they say, You restored my faith in Star Wars fandom. I've listened to a lot of Star Wars podcasts, but this is by far the best. During a time where there is way too much negativity going on, Gabe and Jason are so refreshing with their positive and fun outlook on this ridiculous universe that we all love. Their obscure knowledge is impressive, most impressive. But my favorite part of the show is their constant ability to humor themselves with their own silly jokes and impressions. These are the kind of fans I want to hang out with. This is how Star Wars should be done. (laughs) Thank
2: you, Stuart Butler. And I'm always surprised when I listen back to an episode, just how much we humor ourselves. That's half the fun, I guess. At least for us, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Stuart Butler 10. And thank you, Griff 311 and you can leave us an iTunes review so we can read it on an upcoming episode. All you gotta do is head over there when you're done, write something, and we'll do it. We'll read it. It's just that easy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people... Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise.
3: Check out LastPointsPodcast.com for recipes, theme music, back episodes... Comics, stuff, t shirts, and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and don't forget to sign up for the Super Chill Blast Points group where you can chat with other Star Wars crazies.
2: Yeah, people posting fun stuff every single day in there. And don't forget to subscribe. So you never miss an upcoming episode We got a lot of cool stuff coming We got cool stuff next month coming A special theme Next week's episode should be fun I think we're going to have a special guest on Talking about something crazy You don't want to miss that
3: Yeah, and August is going to be hot For multiple reasons Some hotness
2: coming in August and That's all that's all we're saying It's going to be some sweating <laughs> A heat wave coming
3: through in August. Make sure your air conditioner works. Buy some fans.
2: But that wraps up episode 130, Dooku. Like we said, we'll be back next week for some fun. But for this week, thanks. Thank you, folks, for listening. Thank you. May the
1: force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
3: Would Count Dude, cool. His brother.
2: What's up, dude? I haven't seen you in a while.
3: Count Dooku on a do back drinking Mountain Dew.
1: <laughs> on a dune.
3: Count Coo Dude. These are my friends. Dooku
1: and Coo Dude. It's very interesting. I'm not sure I completely understand.
3: Made a force,
2: big. Bear-